0: It's a big show. It's a wonderful show this week. I'm back in Los Angeles. Uh, was in New York for a while. Good times. I'll let you know about that. We've got Michael Knowles on the show. Michael J. Knowles. You've heard his podcast. It's fantastic. He's over at the Daily Wire with some kid named Ben Shapiro. Some dude named Claven. Uh, uh, Andy Claven, I guess. They got a little thing going on. But uh, we, we got him on the phone later. So much to talk about, Gypsy. It's always it's always a big uh, news week. I don't know where we want to start, so I'm gonna I'm gonna default to you. What do you think is the big story ripped from the headlines this week?
1: Ripped from the headlines. I haven't really had a chance to dig into it too much, but um, pretty big deal with the Mueller stuff. And depending on who you listen to, the world's either ending or there's no problem. I don't know which one it we is. We have
0: got. We have got a lot of reverb on you. We've got, uh, we got the reverb cranked up. It's like, it's like, it's like you're talking through a, a Fender Stratocaster, and you're about to go live on stage.
1: Wow. I have no idea why that's the case.
0: <laughs> that's wonderful. So you're saying, it, you're saying it's Mueller. I know there's a big f- uh, freakout o- over Mueller. I, I, it, once again, this makes me, it, it, it actually makes me laugh. In in a lot of in a lot of ways, because how many times is this where the left is like, "No, now we've got him," "Oh, now we've got him. He can't wiggle out of this. Oh, we got him." And it seems like a whole a whole lot of nothing, a whole lot of nothing to me.
1: Well, to me, it's it the whole thing was Russian collusion, right? That was our that was our mantra, Russia, Russia, yeah, Russia. Yeah, yeah.
0: We're, we're finally we're gonna finally figure out how he did it. How but did Donald Trump get in with the Russians and and win this election that was supposed to go to Hillary?
1: All the all the stuff I'm seeing is the risk for Trump is campaign finance stuff that came out of Cohen. There's no yeah. Russia, none.
0: Yeah, and and if and if Trump <laughs> and if Trump did say now, granted, I'm I'm no lawyer, you guys. I, I've never said that publicly before. I'm no lawyer, but Are it seems sure? like if Trump is like, uh, here's here's how it seems to me, like. Trump has a bunch of lawyers that work for him, okay? Mm-hmm. A, a bunch of, like, really good ones. And then he also has this dude, Michael Cohen, who's kind of like his uh, his glorified errand boy. Hey, Mike, go do this. Hey, Mike, go do that. And I'm sure uh, Trump got wind of uh, a couple of ladies who were uh, going to want some money. They were going to try to sell their stories. And Trump might have said, hey, uh, give those ladies some cash. Keep them happy. Keep them quiet. Here's the thing that I think is going to that makes this difference from from like the John Edwards thing that everybody keeps comparing it to. I I think that this isn't the first time Trump's done this. I think now it'll be ugly. It'll be very ugly. But I think he can probably I think he has some receipts from some other checks he's probably written to some other ladies where he can show that like, hey, this is this is par for the course. For me, this isn't anything out of the ordinary. Do you know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah, I know. I don't think the problem was the payment per se. It was the way it was processed. <laughs> I mean, everything that has come out of this, right, is such a freaking technicality. What if that Papadopoulos kid had to go to jail for two weeks for lying yeah. to the FBI?
0: Yeah, Papadopoulos. That's a crime right there. You know you know it's bad when you had to go to jail for two weeks. Like, you, you you do more time for a DUI than trying to overthrow the government of the United States but, of America. But,
1: I mean, it was literally, like, a mistake. It wasn't even, there was no malice behind it. He literally made a mistake. I mean, yeah. the, the whole thing, people would talk about the perjury trap, and really that's all... I see in this entire thing, except for maybe Manafort, which everybody knew was scummy when they hired him. Well, he, he is, was hired because he was kind of scummy.
0: I'm glad. I'm glad you 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 brought that up because it's wild how all of a sudden. The Mueller guys are like, hey, you know, what, let's let's take it easy on General Flynn. I think I think Flynn's uh, done enough. That's like that's like to me. That's them going, yeah, it was really douchey the way we got him. So let's let him off. But yeah, they're gonna go off. They're gonna go for Manafort. That dude, I would almost guarantee, uh, there's some shady dealings in his past. However, wasn't he in business with the Podesta's?
1: Yeah, wasn't no that the whole thing? The it Podesta's. Was- that's all. Like I've read something the the statutes that he's being prosecuted under are abbreviated FARA, and nobody gets prosecuted under those. And had he never worked for the Trump campaign, he wouldn't have either. He'd still be doing whatever skeevy stuff he was doing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I I remember when he got hot. Well, and we've said this on the show. Uh, don't forget that like uh, Manafort was hired to do one thing and one thing only. It was to make sure that that everybody played ball during the convention. That everybody who said that they were going to support Trump continued to support Trump. That's his specialty. He's a specialty act. He did it for I think he did it for Reagan. I think he did it for Bush forty one. I might I might be wrong on Bush forty one, but it's he's like. He's the guy that you hire to come in during the convention. And boy, I guarantee he wishes he hadn't said yes to that gig.
1: No kidding. I mean, he came in to whip the delegates. That's what his job was so that they didn't try to take the nomination at the convention. There were plans afoot and all this other stuff. But that's why he was there. And I will tell yeah. you, because I was at the convention, and I went down on the floor, and I was in very close proximity, like, passing him. Yeah, he's not a good guy. He's creepy. Creepy. You know how you yeah. just get that vibe off somebody? Yeah. Like, don't, yeah. don't make him mad. I'm out of here.
0: Dig it, dig it. And it's like, and I I hate to judge books by their covers and all that, but I, but I actually think there is something to that, that, that whole instinct when you see somebody and you're like, hmm, don't know about that. Uh, There, I I get that vibe from uh, quite a few people on the right. Here's, here's what I want to go with. Because I, I think the Mueller Pro I, I think it is a whole bunch of nothing and it's going to be process crimes and that whole thing. Uh, the left just loves to bandy the word around felony. I am still on uh, build the wall. That's still my thing. To me, that's the, 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 the clock is ticking on build the wall. We need to go. We need to go now. I was watching the Sunday shows this morning and, and the number to me, seems insanely low like Trump is asking for five, what, like 5 billion 5 mm-hmm. billion to build to build the wall if the republicans can't get that done i i will go off i will go off you You've got, to got to till january you
1: need a 2 thirds vote in the senate to get okay. that funding bill through the house you, it's gonna pass the house right you need two thirds in the Senate. You're never gonna get it.
0: Okay. So what are our options? So what shut are down our options? And, and I
1: like it when the government shut down. I'm fine with it.
0: Uh, yeah, because it's a it's a it's a partial sh- shutdown.
1: The military uh, I guess. still gets paid. Unessential employees go home around the holidays. They get some extra vacation. They get half the year off anyway. Um, and they can't do anything that. Screws more stuff up. Like when the government shut down, they just don't do anything. So good, shut it down. You know what I don't I, care. Just you know shut what it I think. Down.
0: What about this? I wonder how. Here's what we should do. We should find out when you do a partial shutdown of the government, how much money do you save every day? And then they should just calculate it, and we should just shut down the government until we've saved up five billion dollars, and then just reopen it right, <laughs> right back
1: up. But nobody. No normal person running around living their lives knows when the government is shut down, other than when Obama went out and did really, really, really like vindictive things like shut down highways and monuments and that kind of stuff. Yeah, nobody really knows. So, why do we have all those non essential employees anyway? What are they doing? Yeah.
0: That's that's always the uh, the awesome joke mm-hmm. is that uh, is that you know if, if you're a non essential employee don't show up to work and I'm like if you're a non essential employee what are you doing there in, in the first place again. <laughs> how many how many other corporations have non essential employees none if you don't have if you don't have something specific you're doing uh, don't show up at all I'm I'm really I tell you what I uh, I I think not building the wall not getting the wall will will just be uh, huge it will be it will change politics i think forever i think this is like a uh, a tea party kind of a moment and it'll be a, a huge huge uh, awakening because you've got these people you've got you've got Nancy Pelosi on tape saying it you got Hillary Clinton on tape saying it you got Obama saying it you got Chuck Schumer saying it they all want to control the border they all they're all on record as, as saying they want to do this they want to do this and now like Pelosi's already uh, she's already come out and said there's there's no way there's no way oh
1: that's not all she said she said it's immoral
0: yeah. I mean, yeah.
1: completely loaded language. But this is actually coming at exactly the same time as something else that's been quietly going on in the background um, that is going to make their heads explode. Sometime. What is it? Oh, so there's this classification that you you are in, and I have to I have to remember the name of it. But it's basically um, when you come here, right? Uh, you you and you want to apply for permanent re- residency you can be denied if you are considered to be something called a public charge and a public charge has been very narrowly defined as someone who takes certain types of public benefits the okay. trump administration wants to widen that to all of them basically so food stamps um medicaid in certain circumstances um, all of the types of aid and support that people are coming over here to take advantage of—if you now take advantage of those programs during the period of your time of time you're here, when you apply for permanent residency, the answer is going to be no.
0: Okay, I'm 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 super confused here.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So so if someone comes to the country, they're they're considered a public charge.
1: No, if if they take the um, benefits, they would then be classified as a public charge, meaning you're a ward of the state, not a ward of the state, but you're taking advantage of the state by using these programs. So for us to make you a permanent resident and certainly a citizen is not to our economic benefit.
0: Okay, and then that would hurt your chance of becoming a citizen.
1: Mm Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Wow. Because you have to
1: be a permanent resident first get your green card. Aha. Uh-huh. So wow. you would not be getting a green card if you were taking advantage of those programs. So if say say you came over legally on chain migration, right? So your brother yeah. came over, so you come over 6 months later. If you come over after your brother, you're on a different type of visa, right? Then okay. if you start taking advantage of the public dole, you don't ever get your green card. Oh and see wow, everybody's seems- everybody's the left is freaking out over this because the the proposed regulations came out oh I don't know like back in September before they went to public comment in the federal register right and they're freaking out and oh this is terrible so I started looking and you know Australia and Canada They let people who come into the country take advantage of certain programs, number one, because they have socialized medicine, so it's what everybody's on, big deal, but some other programs as well, but the way they get around looking like big old jerks, like this kind of makes us maybe look a little jerky, I think it's fine, but the way they get around it is their immigration system is a point system that's based on merit. They don't have chain migration. They don't have a visa lottery, right? Right. So you have to score certain points in education and language ability and all this other stuff before they're even going to consider you. We don't have all those things. The Democrat turned down Trump's bargain, give me border security, give me more um, merit-based migration, and you can have 1.6 million DACA kids, right? They said no. So if you don't give me merit migration, I'm turning off the faucet somewhere. (laughs) And it's going to wow. be, in, in this whole thing, you can't get permanent residency in a green card if you're taking public money.
0: That's See, that's going to be a tough sell. That's going to be a tough sell, just from an advertising perspective, because it's like, hey, but if they're illegal, see, that's the whole thing. It seems, it seems like beyond the, like, if, if, if you sneak into the country, you shouldn't be getting any benefits whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Like, you, you took a chance. You you took a chance. It's like it's it, it's not like if it, if it's your house. Hey, let let anybody in your house, but make sure you leave out a plate of cookies. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a, that's it's a tough sell because like as I you're explaining it to me, my sell. head is. Well, it, you you need you need to be able to say it fast. It's like Trump right. was saying they were talking about they were gonna do the tax uh, relief act of blah 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 blah. And and Trump is like, no, just call it a tax refund. Uh, you know, he, he you got to put a different a different label on it. Okay. I was, it needs I was a-
1: being wonky and explaining, but it's like this: either give us merit based immigration, or you don't get permanent residency if you're on the dole. It's one or the other. Yeah, you know, I you you refused me merit based in- immigration. I offer you know I offered you a deal. You said no, so I'm doing it. You don't get permanent residency if you're on the dole, because even the people that are coming across now and saying "give me amnesty, give me amnesty," those people have a different classification. They're here legally, but they still eventually have to apply for permanent residency, a green card. Yeah. So if they take if they're on the dole in the middle, the green card's a no. Well,
0: that's a, I'm, I'm all. I'm all for that. I'm yep. all for that. We're gonna have to put our I'll put on our thinking caps on and come up with a, a catchy name of uh, for that whole thing. No here's, soup here's for the other, you. No, yeah, no soup for you. The no soup for you app. Absolutely, <laughs> that's a great way to go.
1: Well, I mean, just, come on, it's the soup Nazi, right? It would be perfect.
0: Well, right, the soup Nazi, the soup Nazi's thing. Like, if you weren't ready to order, or if he was a little bit offended, it was <laughs> it was over for you. But that's I like that the no if you if you snuck into America no soup for you no that's, soup for you <laughs> that's how that's what we should do that's exactly what you do okay so a, a lot of people on the right are are very excited about this whole uh Comey's uh coming in to testify oh, Comey's God. coming in so he just did and it was just a whole bunch of nothing just a whole bunch of nothing. He's like, I can't remember, I can't recall, my lawyers say I shouldn't answer this. It's a ginormous waste of time. There's
1: the email. They released email? an email. What's his name? The the independent counsel that's looking into all this. He he released some emails. And we, the public hasn't seen them yet, but Devin Nunes has seen them and really wants the president to declassify them between the Strocks and Page's and McCabe's and Rosenstein's of the world when all of this was unfolding. And Nunes thinks it's a real problem.
0: Well, listen, there's, there's been tons of emails and mm-hmm. tons of text messages already. Mm-hmm. already. I don't see why would they bring, and this is maybe just me being uh, stupid, I don't know why you bring Comey back unless it's some kind of perjury trap. But I don't think it's even going to be an effective perjury trap because the guy's saying, I don't remember, I can't recall, my lawyers are telling me not to answer. So it doesn't even seem to be a, a, a good perjury trap. Here, They need to move on this stuff. Even if, even if tr- Trump... And, and, and his boys and his lawyers, they're like, okay, we're gonna we're gonna release this. Uh, it's like having uh, you know pocket aces when you're playing poker. Maybe they're holding on to this and they're gonna like unleash it at, at, a, at a further date. I don't know, but it's like, man, if you can't make your case now, if you cannot make your case against Peter struck and Bruce Orr and Nellie Orr, and 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 all of this, like, what are they waiting for?
1: I have a theory.
0: I'd love to hear it. I'd love to hear because I get no. I, it. I, it depresses me. It really depresses me.
1: We knew the midterms were coming, right? Yep. And Horowitz, who's the, um, what do you call it? The independent investigator in the DOJ is still working. So we've already gotten a little bit from Horowitz, and then there's some more coming from him. Um. We lost the midterms. We lost the House. I think President Trump, because there was talk he was going to declassify some things before the midterms, I think he waited to see how the midterms were going to go, and he's going to wait to see what these hoopleheads do in January in terms of investigations and a lot of other stuff, and then he's going to start knocking pins down.
0: So, so That's it's, my... It's the- theory that's 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 my pocket aces theory Mm -hmm. like he's he's got a good hand and he's just waiting for when he's gonna play it i hope that's the case i really do i really because this is where uh the anger comes from on the right it's Mm -hmm. like when you have uh hillary clinton and and what she did with her emails and and then and then Huma Abedin gets copied on all the e- emails and then they're popping up on Anthony Weiner's laptop and it's classified stuff going everywhere and anywhere. And even if you go back to uh, 2016, when Comey first came out and said why they weren't going to bring charges against Hillary Clinton and he caught her in a million lies and he's like there were classified emails. She said there was none, but there was this many like we've already established Giant crimes that mm-hmm. that kids who were stationed on submarines went to jail for. Mm-hmm. These are these are big crimes. And then when you've got, uh, you know, Manafort and Papadopoulos, like, oh no, you you said something different when we interviewed you last week, and now we interviewed you this <laughs> week, and you no. changed your story. You're going to go to jail, like that. There's either the rule of law or there's not, and And that's where I get insanely frustrated. Some
1: of it that's getting thrown back on these guys that were associated with Trump is lying to Congress. Let's see, Brennan lied to Congress, Hillary Clinton lied to Congress, Comey Comey lied to Congress. When did that become a thing? Why can we only hold one side accountable for lying to Congress?
0: Exactly. And that's, that's what and that's drives where the frustration nuts, for sure. Absolutely, absolutely. Because, mm-hmm. like, one of the things that they got Manafort on is like he didn't fill out the form, uh, the uh, like some kind of declaration that hey, mm-hmm. I got paid by the Ukrainian government, uh, and then uh, Podesta agent
1: registration. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. And then one of the one of the Podesta guys uh, did the same thing, mm-hmm. the exact same
1: thing, and he and got FBI's, immunity.
0: Yeah. He's like, "Oh yeah, my my email crashed that day. Can I fill that out now?" And they're like, "Yeah, okay. Okay, pal. It was right Go after ahead and I fill clicked it
1: on the link from the Nigerian prince. Yeah.
0: It's just outrageous. <laughs> it's just outrageous. I'm looking at the clock. I'm looking at the counter. How long is that, how long have we been going on this? The time flies.
1: Oh my gosh, 20 minutes. Almost 22.
0: I, well, listen, we're going to have to get to uh, Kevin Hart on the other side of this break. Uh we got to talk about the Kevin Hart Oscars thing, uh, and but I say that the break. I'm talking about the interview with with Michael Knowles. Uh, we talk about the Kevin Hart thing a little bit, but we're gonna come back to it, you guys. Uh, I met I met Michael uh, a few weeks ago. He's an awesome dude. He's a fun guy. He's got a, a an incredibly successful show over at the Daily Wire. Here is our interview with Michael Knowles. Make some kind of
2: signal. Harken to the voice. You know, I think we've figured out that AT&T is a little less censorious of us than big technology companies. So Skype is killing us. All of the online companies are killing us, but at and will let us speak. Hallelujah! Hallelujah!
0: I, I rejoice. I I totally rejoice. I remember I remember an old, in the olden days when Skype was wonderful. And it was a magical, mystical place, and then, and then Bill Gates and the crew took over, and it's been downhill ever since. It's been horrible right. ever since. But now we're communicating. <laughs> so that's great. Uh, in our In our first attempt, we were talking about we did this event, and I feel bad because I feel like I should give him a plug. You and I were on a panel during the uh, at, down at the Melrose Improv uh, for that. It was during the the, the whole Brent Kavanaugh thing. I had done a little bit of stand-up. I was feeling my oats and, and and professing my love for this president. But then during the panel thing, I thought I'd, I'd, I'd ease back. I'm like, maybe I've gone too far. Maybe I went too fast. And then you just came out and started throwing haymakers, dude. It, it was awesome.
2: <laughs> you know what I think it is? I think it's because when you go do these things, they'll buy you a free drink. So I had at least one martini course in for my bank, and I was so frustrated by that outrageous, Brett Kavanaugh's controversy. These women, uh, now at least one of them is being criminally investigated, I think two of them are, for making false claims, uh, trying to derail this guy who's the most wilt-toast, upstanding federal judge you could possibly think of. And it was, it was very funny because I think the audience, the majority of the audience probably wasn't with us. But this gets to my entire theory on the culture wars, which is that uh, we should. Uh, if there is, as some commentators have suggested, a cold civil war or a cold cultural war, our strategy should not be to be kumbaya and to uh, be conciliatory. It should be we win, they lose. The left is always aggressive in the war, and the right should be aggressive, too.
0: And I think now
2: for the first time, certainly in my lifetime, we're actually winning.
0: Well, I, 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 I wish that were the case. I, th- I In terms of the culture war... I still think we're getting our uh, our butts handed to us. I've got uh <laughs> I've got I've got a shocking update that I, that I'm going to I'm going to uh, I've been out in Hollywood doing my thing and at the end of January I've got some shocking shocking updates. I just uh I don't like I don't like the n- the numbers of it. In terms of you can go and watch Samantha Bee rail on the president every night. You can watch Stephen Colbert rail on the president every night and and Trevor Noah and and Jim Jeffries and the list goes on and on and on and on. Now, where is this is the question I ask all the time on the podcast? Where is where is the answer show to that? Where can people go to to hear j- jokes about the left? If it's not if you're not subscribing to a service, where can you go? Where where would that's, you go well, if you weren't
2: that's exactly the issue. I mean, now I remember a little while ago that magazine covered all the late-night comedians, and they were all, 100% of them, left-wing. Why is that? Because the gatekeepers, you know this just as well as anybody, the gatekeepers in Hollywood are not going to give a major late-night show to a conservative. They're, they're all at the same political club. And so, luckily, the new media have offered some outlets. I mean, there are places, obviously, we're, we're on a new media platform right now, and so that has given conservatives a voice. It's why conservatives totally own the Internet and do so well there. It's because it's the Wild West, or at least it was until recently. And this is why the censorship from big technology, which is not just their free voices, but now they're censoring and banning mainstream conservatives. I had my Twitter taken away indefinitely because I told a lame dad joke about the election. I said Republicans vote on say Democrats vote on Wednesday. And they banned me. They took me off of Twitter. And then, ironically, Democrats took my advice and they voted Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and they had recounts. <laughs> uh, this is a major threat. You know, if if we don't get a handle on this uh, censorship issue, issue, then even this one place that we've managed to find its culture is going to be taken away from us.
0: That's that's my concern as well. Uh, my, my, I've not been banned yet from Twitter. Uh, I've not been banned yet from Facebook, however, but that's, that's why I started theloftestparty.com. You just have to have some kind of toehold in the actual Internet. Now, here, here's what I want to know. Uh, how did you get in with, how, how did you become part of the, uh, the crew over at the Daily Wire? The best advice I can possibly give
2: if you want to get a political podcast at the Daily Wire is don't write a book. I spent my entire life researching a book that had no words in it. to vote for Democrats, and comprehensive guide. And yeah. as a result <laughs> of that, we launched my show because that book, which truly really, of all of the stunts I've ever pulled, I thought that one would be just a little joke to <laughs> irritate my Democrat friends. And it became the number one best-selling book in the world for about a week and a half. <laughs> and then the president—that's outrageous! Because, oh, it was insane. And you know, because the president spends probably a third of his day, at irritating his opponents on Twitter, he decided to endorse it as a great book for everyone who read. And so then it jumps back up again. Uh, so he did that. But, you know, the, really the way that I got it off of the Daily Wire is because conservatives in Hollywood, you know this well, are uh, a, a beleaguered group. You know, they are uh, constantly under siege. So we all kind of know each other and we'll hang out together. And so I, I knew those guys, Jeremy Boring, Daniel, uh, Andrew Flayden, through those kinds of circles. And uh, so the, the Daily Wire started three years ago, and it's totally exploded. And I think the reason it's exploded is it's just simple supply and demand. As you said at the beginning, there are all of these outlets for the left, but the, the right has, has not had those opportunities. So if you give them uh, uh, some commentary, humor, some whatever, some news. Uh, they're going to jump right on it. I, I think uh, we've got to thank the left in a sort of backwards way for setting the stage uh, for conservatives to have success on the internet.
0: Yeah, I, I think so too, but it, it almost seems like, and maybe, maybe this speaks more to me being a pessimist, but it seems like they just keep picking people off one at a time. Like, I, I'm no huge Alex Jones fan, but he's he's <laughs> gone. He's been non-person. And I was reading a a Jordan Peterson tweet I guess uh, Patreon kicked off uh, Milo Yiannopoulos and now, uh, like, Gavin McGinnis has been declared like an enemy of the people by the FBI.
2: (laughs) It's unbelievable, because I knew that this would happen when they banned Alex Jones. Some conservatives said, well, he's just a shirtless vitamin salesman who thinks the clubs are gay. You know, who cares that they knocked him off? And I said, it's not about Alex Jones. Alex Jones is a test run. He's a trial balloon to kick off all of the rest of us. You kick off Alex, okay? You say he's really fringe. Why do you kick off? Gavin McGinnis. Well, Gavin McGinnis. I mean, he's been around a long time. found advice. He's a comedian, so he's getting in trouble for telling jokes. Uh, Isn't that what comedians do? Who's next? I mean, next is obviously all of the rest of us. And I think you've got it harder even than we do. I mean, we do we do political commentary. And uh, so we, we're, we're always from haymakers. But for uh, conservative comedians, I mean, there simply are not that many. And uh, your set at the improv totally killed so mm-hmm. funny. And I think the audience was shocked because they haven't heard that. They haven't heard uh, right-wing comedians. before. I don't even think they knew that they existed. And it's just when, when it's such a small group, it's so much easier for the left to just go in, target, and silence them.
0: Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm doing this new thing now. I I, I got a, I was down at the comedy and magic club at Hermosa Beach, uh, recently, and I've got this new way of put. Po- I talk about the political uh, correctness and how Europe has gone crazy, and I'm making fun of uh the English because they're going to ban the word uh brainstorm and they're outlawing <laughs> knives and and all this and everybody's on board. A hundred percent of the audience is on board, and then I go and now with America. And that's why I like Trump. And boy, it's just you can just watch them have meltdowns. It's fantastic. <laughs> and they're like they're, they're conflicted. They're like, I like this guy, but I'm not supposed to like this guy. But I like this guy. It's it it's fantastic. That's like, he's, he's won me over.
2: And now there's this
0: entire
2: uh, movement to go back and whatever any comedian has ever told a joke about, even if it was. Ten years ago, to go back and, if it's violating the spirit of the times, uh, make some persona non grata. We saw that with Kevin Hart at the Oscars. It's not as though Kevin Hart is some right-wing, rock-ribbed conservative. Even he was taken down by it. It's certainly evident that if you marry yourself in a the age, you'll find yourself a widow in the next. But where does that stop? I mean, now that it's even affecting
0: left-wing comedians, does that give the rest of us hope? Well, I, I think it does, as they're going to have to admit they're going too far. Like, Trevor Noah, Trevor Noah has to be br- breathing a huge sigh of relief, because I remember, like, a, a week after he got the gig, and, and, and Trevor, I, I, I know Trevor, and, uh, you know, he's, he's, a, he's, a, he's a good guy, but he had some, he was throwing out some kind of, it, he had some jokes about uh, the Jewish community that were uh, terrifying. Like if those if those came out now, he, he loses everything. He's back to doing stand up in Soweto. That's right.
2: <laughs> that that uh, you know you look at him and you think, well, if they're going to eat their own, you know, this is uh, this is a pretty strange state of affairs. But I, I really wonder with all I mean, I you don't know, uh, know any Jewish people in Hollywood, so there's no one for him to offend. But uh, you know, somebody <laughs> like uh, somebody like Kevin Hart, he made a joke about. Uh, about gay people. Uh, how many comedians have never once made a gay joke? Zero? I mean, is there is there one comedian on Earth who's never made a gay joke? If that is now the bar, are you simply not allowed to laugh? Uh,
0: yeah, yeah, and I tell you, well, and it's, it's, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know who they're going to get to host the Oscars. Uh, it'll, it'll just be, it'll be interesting to see because, yeah, every comic, has a bad joke. Every comic has a distasteful joke. Every comic, it,
2: it, it, the
0: good ones anyway, have, have somehow, hopefully they've pushed some kind of boundary and, and you know, done something mildly offensive. You show me somebody who's, who's completely unoffensive and I'm going to show you a lousy, uh, a lousy comic.
2: Well, that's exactly right. And what's uh, pretty bizarre
0: now is that nobody is allowed
2: to laugh. There's, there's simply no permission to laugh. I, obviously, this is because the, the left is, doesn't find so much humor in this present moment. You have Jimmy Kimmel crying on his program every night instead of giving a comedy monologue. But h- how do you recover that? I mean, uh, all the good comics that I see have a sense of humor. And I mean that very little. They have a sense of balance. They can detach themselves from the world. They can have a little distance. They can laugh about things. It just seems like these comedians now who are whining and shrieking and crying about the president are, they're just too close to it. It's so emotional for, for them that they don't have the distance to laugh about it.
0: Yeah, and, and, and really, I think it's... Whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh, I think it's it's <laughs> awesome, and it's one of the great uh, side effects of, of the Trump presidency is that, like, all these masks are now... are, are all off, and you see, you know, the, the personal politics on on everybody's, uh, every late-night comedian side. You see the, the personal politics of, you know, the mainstream media. It's just, it's, there's kind of a relief in knowing uh, whose side everybody is on. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's
2: such a good point. I totally agree with that. We hear that Twitter is forcing our culture, and social media is forcing our culture. Perhaps it is, but really what it's just doing is exposing people. Do we really think that Jim Acosta and Don Levitt, were objective fair-minded journalists three years ago, and it simply shifted because of Donald Trump. Of course not. Donald Trump, in his highly trollish way, has simply provoked them into exposing who they are. Don't forget, Andrew Cooper, the so-called journalist on CNN, uh, referred to Tea Party Constitutional Conservatives as tea-baggers. In what was 2013 or even even earlier, this, uh, you know... Letting this, uh, this facade fall down, I think, really benefits all of us, because it, it, it's perfectly fine if you want to read Vox.com, but then maybe you should read The Daily Wire, too. It's perfectly fine if you want to read The New York Times. Maybe you should read The Wall Street Journal, too. It's the pretense of objectivity and fair-mindedness. It is so pathetic, and now I think nobody believes it.
0: Yeah, I, I there a, a study came out. I think I think the numbers up to like n- like something like 90% of of the Americans uh realize that, that the media is biased and that's that's the wonderful wonderful uh side effect. Hey, I, I, um this is uh, I- I- insanely interesting and and I love it and and I'm a huge fan of of everything that's going on over at the Daily Wire. There's a couple of questions that I that I just have to get to. So it's it's a horrible uh transition here. But, like, are, do, you have, do you have plans to write another book? I'm sure you, you, can't, do, you can't do a follow-up to Reasons to, to Vote Democrat, but are, are, you, are you working on another book?
2: Well, you're using the word another, I think, fairly liberally, but I, I, think, I, I think that my next magnum opus will be a three-volume Caro esque biography of the Hillary Clinton presidency, and I think it will have very similar content to my first book, you know, maybe <laughs> a little more blank pages, no, I actually, I'm working on a book now. It, this shows you how, how far down publishing has fallen. When they bought my blank book, uh, part of my contract was that I had to write a real book. And I tried to tell them that not writing a book in no way suggests that a person can write a book. But nevertheless, <laughs> I'm giving it the old college try now. So <laughs> we'll see how that goes.
0: Well, are you, is it going to be about, uh, about the rise and fall of Clinton, or can you, can you give me any clues?
2: Yes, I have, so I've been going on this uh, Young America Foundation speaking tour uh, to all of these colleges where, you know, the leftist tears have poured out. I've basically been water rafting my way from coast to coast. And uh, the topic of this tour has broadly been the simple joys of being right. Uh, there are a bunch of studies that shows that white-wingers are much happier, more satisfied with life, much more content, find greater purpose, have more stable lives, and uh, so I'm, I've been examining a series of proofs of why that is, and I think this book is going to take a more detailed look at that question.
0: That's that's fantastic. And I, I, I love the whole hypothesis, and I believe it's correct, but I'm going to wait for your insightful, uh, wonderful book. <laughs> I, just, I just wrote an article for uh, my website, theloftistparty.com, about uh, statistically the right is having better sex, and more that's of it. That's right. More of it. It's, it's great. We're having more sex. This. And, and it's, it's freakier. It, there is a,
2: <laughs> Republican conservatives have statistically significantly more and better sex than left wingers. Don't surprise to me. Um, the, the other, I mean, so many other of these studies come out. <laughs> it showed that a quarter of college students, uh, now, two years after the presidential election, or symptoms of PTSD, clinically high levels of stress, uh because a Republican won the White House. Uh, it would be akin to someone who witnessed a mass shooting incident seven months after that incident. Something has clearly gone wrong in the uh in the balance, the psychological balance of these people. You've got to you've got to figure it out.
0: I, I think I, I really do, and this is going to sound hacky as <clears throat> as one comedian to another. This is a totally hack premise, but I think it's what it is. <laughs> it all goes back to everybody gets a trophy, everybody gets right. a, a ribbon. We we overcompensated. This whole self esteem is the most important thing. We we way overcompensated. Now we're, we're reaping the, the horrible rewards from that, and this is why I don't like uh, big government in control of education. It's why I don't like big government in charge. They make mistakes, and when they do, the ramifications are, are, are st- like PTSD because somebody won the election. That's insane.
2: You're exactly right. The, the, uh, the uh, participation trophy analogy is exactly right because it applies politically. Politically speaking, these millennials all came of age in the age of Obama. Maybe during the 2006 election, they were somewhat politically aware, uh, which was the other wave election for Democrats. And so they've constantly won. They've always gotten what they want politically. They've gotten it in Congress. They've gotten it in the Senate. They've gotten it at the White House. And so they think that there is a road to progress. They think there is a utopia that we're marching for. That's the definition of a progressive. And so if you stand in the way of progress with a capital T, you've either got to be an idiot or evil. You've got to have bad intentions. And so when they see this happen, they can't believe that people would impede their vision of progress. They, can't, they simply don't believe it. And I think this is, they, they didn't know it was even logically possible. And so now, you know, they, they're suffering PTSD. If only they'd gotten, you know, punched a little bit in high school or something, they might learn that life doesn't always go their way
0: exactly I I, I I i dude i couldn't this is the this is the big time agreement at the end of the interview agreement this is you're you're absolutely right but the, the, having to deal with things that don't go your way and like i either have to try a different method i have to try harder i have to learn to accept this that's it's wonderful dude we could we could do this for hours and hours and hours um, one last question before I let you go. This is this is just a, a, a wild curveball. Uh, what's the last piece of music you've downloaded? What's what's the last thing that you're like? Ooh I gotta buy that song. What's the band? Oh, let's see. The last piece of music I. Oh my gosh.
2: This is this is an, an extraordinarily embarrassing answer. But you know, as, as someone who occasionally wears bow ties, what can I say? The last piece of music I downloaded. Is a, is a song from an album called Music from the Time of the Crusades." It's called Abjoy et Abjoven Papayis. This shows this explains to you how Middle Easterners become radicalized in Islam. The culture is so weak and shallow and frivolous today that I am now downloading songs from you know the 13th century. This cannot bode well for, for the world order or for our culture. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, listen. I, I have to hear this. I have to. I, <laughs> it's it's really incredible. You're going to want to strap on the Red Cross and start marching to you know Deus Vault into Costas or something once you listen to it. It's uh, you really got to proceed with caution.
0: That's. I tell you what. We have to. We have to get in your seriously, dude. We have to make a video of this. I want to. I want to get in your car. We're going to crank up some Crusades music and just cruise down <laughs> Sunset. <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> I, I
2: can't wait to see uh, the reaction. I think, I think it's going to be similar to the first Crusade. It's, uh, you're going to see similar reactions from the people in La La Land.
0: That's fantastic. Hey, Michael Knowles, check out his show. He's got a phenomenal show uh, over the Daily Wire. Incredible podcast. Very funny dude. I really appreciate you, you being so patient with us. And, and I'm serious. We got to. We have to make a music video uh, for the Crusades. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it, man. I'm in. <laughs> All right. Hey, have a great afternoon, man. Thanks again, buddy. I like that Michael Knowles fella. That's a that's funny. He's a good dude, and the guts to to publish an an empty paged book like that is just that's. <laughs> I I love it. I love I, it. You I, gotta, I miss
1: his bow ties.
0: I I don't.
1: I, do. I don't. He still wears them once a month with the smoking jacket when they do the Daily Wire backstage. And they're all hanging around in the office drinking whiskey and smoking cigars, except Shapiro does a bubble pipe. Um, but he does put on the, the bow tie then. And that's the Michael Knowles I know because that's what he looked like when I started watching him. So
0: That is the Michael Knowles you know and the Michael Knowles you love. Okay.
1: Yeah. Pretentious. <laughs> I think he wears it well.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> Tucker Carlson Carlson ditched the bow ties. I think he could he could go back to him every once in a while. Yeah, he could. Uh it wouldn't hurt. We we touched on uh Kevin Hart uh a little bit and and Knowles and I are, are of the same uh frame of uh, of mind here. Like every comic's got something that they're not happy with. Some y- y- you've done something over the line once at if some point in your you're career. You're not funny.
1: Yeah, you're like, not you're you not even make, you're not you even make trying. Mistakes. You're not trying.
0: <laughs> I can't wait to see who they do get to get the cuz whoever whoever the Oscars hires next, first of all they're going to vet that person like just like like crazy. But what microscope that person I- is going to be under?
1: There's no Here's, way they'll be funny.
0: Well, here is here is this is my thought on the Oscars for a long time, and and uh, and it, it's more true now than ever. The Oscars, first of all, hosting the Oscars, I, I've never thought anybody was like outrageously funny. There was some, there was some. I remember like good bits. You I remember know, like when Billy, Billy
1: Crystal did it, that was okay.
0: Yeah, but he did. He was. The, he had that great bit where he would fold himself into all the movies that hey. were nominated. You know, all the best pictures. Right. That was that was hilarious. I think what you have to do is is get somebody to host the Oscars. Like Johnny Carson, uh, uh, everybody says that he was great. I, I can't even – I don't even remember Johnny Carson hosting the Oscars. But here's what you need. You need someone to host the Oscars who knows the entertainment business, but they're not in movies. The thing is Kevin Hart uh, is always going to pull his punches – because he's worried, like, oh, he can't make that much fun of Sony because he might have a, a movie with them in mm-hmm. a couple of years, right? You don't want to piss anybody off, and it's the problem uh, with with Chris Rock as well. And then sometimes you're damned if you do, you're damned if you don't. Because, like, if you're if you're a guy like Chris Rock, who I think is insanely funny, you're like, oh, I'm not gonna pull any punches. So then they even go farther. And and they push it too far, and then it's distasteful. You can't win for losing. You need somebody in there who knows knows the game and knows the importance of it but isn't afraid uh, to just have fun. I think, listen, I think Letterman. I, I would bring Letterman back. <laughs> I would bring him back tomorrow. I would just make him shave that old Santa Claus beard, but that would be great.
1: I think Miller if the, if, could do it. They'll never let him, though.
0: Uh, Dennis Miller.
1: Miller's not scared of anything. Yeah.
0: Miller would be that he would be uh, He's too
1: far to the right. They won't give him a platform. He's obvious about it.
0: I don't know. Wasn't he just on Kimmel recently?
1: He might have been. The reason he gets on um, some of that stuff is because like he uh, he'll go on with Bill Maher. 'Cause yeah. they're both like radical free speech absolutists. They both hate the shut upery that goes on. Um, so they'll do stuff together. But since Trump's been elected, he's gotten kinda he's pretty out there.
0: Who, who Dennis? Th-
1: Dennis, if you look at his Twitter feed, yeah.
0: Yeah. He's uh he's gotten a lot of mileage.
1: I mean, he's I love this- him, but I don't think they'd give it to him.
0: No, no, they wouldn't. Uh, they wouldn't. I, I think, uh, I think Jimmy Fallon's phone will definitely ring. Uh, you can't go back to. Uh, oh, who's the guy from ABC? Uh, Kimmel. You can't. You can't give Kimmel a shot. Like Kimmel, you've got him on the sidewalk asking girls to grab his junk. That old piece of tape. Yeah, but you've he got cried
1: his- over. He cried over health care, so he's given his indulgences. They'll forgive him for that.
0: Well, they've also got him in blackface. I just, I think
1: there's just yeah, but too he, much. He he has not paid a price for any of that.
0: Right, and he, he won't. He would. He would now. He would now. If if the Oscars are like, we're going to go with Jimmy Kimmel, they would just be inundated with with memes of Kimmel running around in blackface, and so that they can't do it. It'll be interesting to see who they pick. Uh I'm I'm bummed that uh that Kevin Hart even uh remotely uh, apologized. I know he he apologized to the LGBQRS LMNOP community. Okay. Doesn't
1: the Q stand for queer? Yeah. Okay, here's the thing. So did you see what they did to the Heisman trophy winner today? No. As this kid is winning the biggest award of his life, the biggest award in college football, some nobody, never done nothing, but got a job at USA Today, probably never worked as hard as this kid did in his entire life, right, is going through his Twitter feed, finds a tweet from when the kid was like 15, shooting something back at a friend going, oh, dude, that's queer, Wow, and writes an article on it that he then had to come out and again apologize for.
0: That's uh. That's, Is that that's not just?
1: Are you kidding me?
0: No, no, no <sighs> one's kidding anybody. It's it's all it's all very. It's I was all very so real.
1: curious when I mean Kevin Hart was bad enough, right? Like, are you guys kidding me? But yeah, um you got them going after the Heisman trophy winner you got them kicking Milo Sargon of Assad, and about four other people off of Patreon so they can't even raise money yep. they can't even take money from willing participants and it you is. know Eric Weinstein's convinced they're going to come for Ruben and and Peterson too
0: i i think they will Mm-hmm. Uh, I, re- okay. I retweeted a thing from Jordan Peterson now uh, uh he's trying to put together a list of everyone who's ever been banned ever mm-hmm. and when you start th- when you start thinking about just the people who've been kicked off Twitter mm-hmm. it's it's a big list it's a big list of some entertaining entertaining whether you agree with them or disagree with them it's a big list and now <clears throat> when patreon gets rid of you and 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 gab is having they're they're still fighting to you know get with their platform and it's uh it's it's very 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 scary it's very scary
1: there's a couple people in the world that from an intellectual perspective and if if you really want to take them on um you're probably making a big mistake right so there's this guy in the idw that you don't hear a lot from but he actually named the thing his name's eric weinstein Weinstein. Yeah. Excuse me. Um, he gets big data. He very clearly articulates what's going on here. He calls himself a progressive and has been kicked out of the left along with his brother, who was a professor at Evergreen University. This guy has billionaires on, on speed dial. He works for Peter Thiel, right? He's his managing director. And he said – we're using their pipes right now. If they decide we can't use our pipes, don't think we can't find pipes.
0: Well, that's wonderful. <laughs> so, Do it.
1: Go Eric, go Eric.
0: Well, here's the uh, <laughs> I don't know. It's it's blech. it's not the the funniest thing in the world, but it's it's the, the the danger of the monopoly. Like if if you're not on Twitter, you're like, "Oh, you still have a platform. You're on you're on Gab." Or or whatever you're on MeWe like like t- Twitter is billions of people and MeWe and and Gab is like a couple hundred thousand or a million. It's it doesn't. It's almost like I don't know. It, it just it's almost like it doesn't matter. So if if everyone else is on on one pipe, that is the internet, and you're like, okay, we've got another pipe. I just don't know if it's uh if it's
1: it, if you It doesn't seem like it's hitting, worth it. If you start hitting Tucker Carlson, Ben Shapiro, um, Jordan Peterson, those people have fan bases in the millions.
0: Right, right. But what what I'm, I guess it, it comes down to. They're going to
1: content wherever it is.
0: Like, when I started pursuing a, another television show like The Flipside. Mm-hmm the the reason i do it the reason i'm even pursuing this thing uh, is because i want it to be on television i want it to be on television so that when people are clicking around they go oh look there's this thing but when you just when you're playing basketball on the on the you know the the public court uh, and, and you keep getting fouled, you're like, oh, I'll start my own basketball game. I'll go play in my backyard, and I'll invite my friends. Well, you're, yeah, you're still playing basketball, but you're not playing with the best players and and, and everyone at the public court. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, I don't I don't want to... I'm, I'm not crazy about doing a, oh, I'll, I'll do a show on the internet. Like, I saw these kids the other day, they're like, oh, uh, they're doing conservative comedy, and they have a little... You know, thing on Facebook, and I, I guess that's something. But it's like it doesn't have that. I hate the the notion of it's less than. You know, if, if if you if you if you start your own internet, yeah, you'll have your fans that come with you. But how are you going to find new fans? That's that's my whole thing. It's like I want I want to I want to change the perception of the right. I want. I want to encourage more people to to get in and join the conversation and do all this other stuff. Like, there's this other dude, uh, what Drek or whatever. That oh, I'm going to do a conservative comedy show. Finally, conservative comedy comes to late night. That it's not going to land on on TV. It's just not going to land on TV. They won't allow it. And that's
1: I know.
0: I know. That's that's the big problem. But, I mean, here's here's the
1: other thing. And I can only speak anecdotally, right? I don't watch TV. I watch Netflix and YouTube. My kids don't watch TV. They watch Netflix and Amazon Prime. Right. People keep saying that.
0: People keep saying that. I've been hearing this for flipping 15, 18 years now. How when, when Roseanne comes on... Her numbers were huge. Mm-hmm. The audience is still there. The audience is – Everybody keeps, oh, oh, I don't, I don't watch. Nobody watches. Nobody watches. Nobody watches anymore. And then Roseanne comes on and says, "Yeah, I voted for Trump." Kaboom! And she's getting these huge ratings. It's 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 problematic, and I, I don't want to get up on a high horse. I, there's there's other uh, I, there's there's things that I would remember to say uh, before we we roll out of the podcast. Um, here, well, here's I guess this goes in tandem with this. Glenn Beck and CRTV have formed a powerhouse. They're now they've merged.
1: Yeah, no, I saw that.
0: That's a big one. That's a big one. However, word on the street, damn it! And I wanted to ask Michael Knowles about this. Son of a gun. I guess Gavin McGinnis. I don't know if Gavin's show is coming along in uh, under the new entity. Like, and who, who will live, who will while. die? No, Gavin's been with us. Uh, he's been on CRTV for a, for a long time.
1: I think, he, well, I, I, I'm not going to speak out of school. I thought he left a while ago. I know Michelle Malkin's not going with it.
0: What is, what's, now what's her beef? What, what have I you heard?
1: I have no idea.
0: I find it very, very disconcerting i find it very very disconcerting i would be so bummed i would be so bummed if i was gavin or michelle or whoever it's like i threw my hat in the ring i provided you content i helped build this thing and now you have a big merger and i'm on the outside looking in
1: i I don't i don't from everything michelle um put out publicly that was her choice it wasn't anything that was demanded Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, it I, sounded voluntary, at least in her public statements on social media.
0: I want to know why, though. I want to know why. We got to get her on the show. You're
1: never gonna know why.
0: You're never gonna. I, she'll say.
1: She'll no, say no.
0: Okay. Here's some. Here's some she other. Classy
1: uh, lady. She's always been a classy lady. She's tough, but she's classy.
0: She's tough, but she's classy, mm-hmm. which uh, brings me. Oh dear. Uh, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do it. I'll uh, I'll comment about the Tumblr thing later. There's so much to talk about. Oh yeah, Tumblr uh,
1: eliminated th- porn.
0: I it really bums me out. It really uh, bums me out. I never went out.
1: and looked at Tumblr porn. I honestly thought um Tumblr was mostly for really angry feminists, so I I didn't really even have any idea that they did that.
0: Well, here's the thing. With with, with Tumblr, like uh, I I I just got it like it was perfect. I had (laughs) I had the sites I liked and I was I was actually stumbling across art. I was finding some really good like art sites. But like, listen, I was I was going for the porn. And that's what I was doing. I was going for the porn yeah. and then I was casually being introduced into artwork. But like am I what am I am I going to go on Tumblr to to look at like what anime news? The, the, what's the latest model design for Disney? What the no, hell?
1: It's just, just going to be angry feminists. That's what Tumblr largely is to begin with.
0: I didn't even know that. I thought it was just a bunch of like just superhero sketch cartoony I take photographs, dorks. Well, I, Tumblr, I, I wish you... No, I don't wish you luck. I want you to fail. I want it to hurt really, really bad. Um, here's the wonderful thing, and I, I, need, I need to publicly apologize for this uh, before the end of the show. I didn't realize people could de- uh, DM the Loftus Party on Twitter, and I had to, like, approve their messages. Oh, yeah. So... I, I went into I went into Twitter uh, last week right before I went to New York. I was in, New York was insanely busy. I have I have a ton of catching up to do this week, but there was a bunch of messages from like people that want to participate. Uh, and and uh, there's this company called uh, Cult Forty Five, mm-hmm. and they they do cologne, and it's like all the I don't know I don't know anything about it, but I want to talk to them. I want to have them on the show. I want to help them out. First of all, I, I need a sample of the cologne because if 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 it Are doesn't sure? smell good, I, I totally I totally want it. I want to smell I want to know what Cult Forty Five smells like. And if it's awesome, I totally want to help them. They get us. They get a spot at the loftest party table. Now here's the other person. There's a, there's a wonderful and I it, for, she's a uh, uh, I can't remember her username, but I'm gonna do. Do you have you ever heard of like a, a Reddit AMA?
1: I've I've heard of them. I have not participated in them.
0: I'm doing one. I'm doing one for the Loftus party. There's a listener of of this show, and she's on Reddit, and she knows people, and so we're about to. I'll, I'll announce it here, but I'm going to do a Reddit AMA. It's going to be with a bunch of different subreddits. I don't know what it is. I, I go straight to American Medical Association. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't want, ask I don't me know,
1: anything, AMA.
0: Okay, ask me anything.
1: <laughs> I, I do know that much.
0: I will do it. I will do it. I'm all in. And I think last week I was able to thank the the people from the Toledo uh, Tea Party for the wonderful Tony Paco's pickles they sent. Those things are amazing. They're going fast. They're going fast. And also, you guys, and this is the the wonderful. There's a there's a a couple people who contribute to the loftiest party. You're all invited. You're all invited to contribute. Uh, Paul Hare. There there's craziness going on in France. Mm-hmm. There's there's and Paul Hare somehow he wrote this great piece. It's it's still up on the website. But he's got like there's a reporter on the ground. He's got insane pictures and like play by play of what's going on. Uh, it, it's fantastic, and I just want to publicly—that's like when when he posted that, I'm like, holy smoke! This is like this is <laughs> like real news. This is like a real website. It's great, and and Lisa uh, Lisa Tate is doing wonderful uh, stuff. She's got a, a great piece on there. But I'm just like every once in a while, it just hits me like, wow, this is this is a this is a, a a real thing. And I'm like, hey, here's my review of the new Avengers trailer. <laughs> and then Paul Hare's doing, like, real news. And then Lisa's doing uh, what wonderful stories. It's fantastic. You're all invited to play. You're all invited to play. We will. You know what we should do? You know we should do? What? See? We should. Uh, we should. Um, this is a great idea. We should have a little article on there. Or, or like, like, here's the process. Right. So Mm -hmm. so first you you sign up and you join uh, and then and then contact myself or or yourself is Mm because that that's what it would be. Right. They would they would have to shoot us an email and go, hey, my name is blah, blah, blah. I'd like to post a piece about this. And then we just have to give them we just have to unlock the thing. Right.
1: Oh, once they register, they can actually post the short pieces that go over on the right. Okay, And if anybody can do that. Once they have an account. That. And if, yeah, oh yeah, if they have a cool video, if they want to write something, if they want to do a commentary on an article from another site, they can go right there, create a post, and there it is.
0: That's insane. I did that. And then if
1: that. they're over there commenting and writing stuff, then we look at their stuff and we say, oh wow, I really like your stuff. Can we make you an editor? And then you get the big picture and the big center and... If they want to, they can.
0: That's great. Mm-hmm. That's great. I, I didn't know it was that easy. It's I thought there very was I was, I was adding another step. Holy nope. crap. Once
1: you register on the site, you can create a post.
0: Okay. That's that's awesome. That's awesome, awesome, awesome news. All right, so that's that's where we're gonna leave it. Uh, next week. Next week I wanna talk about my my big idea to get a bunch of men to insist they're women. And we're going to take over women's sports.
1: Stop it! They already took over Miss Universe.
0: No, I'm talking about. I want to get weightlifters. I want to get wrestlers. I want to get boxers. I want to get. Uh, I want to get baseball players who will now play softball. I just want the the best male athletes in college and high school to to insist they're women. And, and just we're just going to take over women's just to prove a point. Just to prove a point.
1: Oh, it's disgusting. It's... It's... Did you see that huge man that was manhandling the Iranian ha- women's handball team?
0: That because was hilarious.
1: From, that's not hilarious. Those women work really hard
0: to get... I'm serious. I
1: know. That's just, you know... Girls are going to lose out on scholarships. We're not going to lose out on beauty pageants. Now people are complaining scholarships aimed only at females are discriminatory. I mean, like, third-wave feminists have ruined feminism because they're letting dudes take a, take it over. Take it over. Yes. They want to well, change our a- word to woman with an X where the A is supposed to be. No.
0: I just want to throw some gasoline on the fire. <sighs> it's it- – it's just it's hilarious. When you have a when you have a dude like that handball player going, "Yeah, I'm a chick. I'm I'm totally a woman. No, I want to play." No, you're not a chick. And it's like, do you remember the Monty Python skit where the grown-ups played rugby against the little kids? Oh god. Yeah, I want it to be that. I want it to be that but in every athletic endeavor. Just
1: like these that big the giant, sweaty hairy do.
0: dudes going, "My name's Linda and I'm here to
1: play." That's the skit you and Knowles should do. You should produce that together.
0: That would be funny as hell. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like mock
1: it. Mock it to death. We'll make it go viral.
0: Indeed. Indeed. All right. Well, that is a another episode. I want to thank Michael Knowles. I want to encourage all you guys, because because the gypsy just explained it. You can go. You can start posting stuff right now at theloftistparty.com. dot I always was hesitant to say it because I thought there was another step. No. Nope. Good lord, it's easy. Okay. I want to talk about Mission Impossible next week. Uh, I want to talk about the all woman's uh, astronaut trip to Mars that they they're Bad talking idea. about. I want to talk about American Airlines menu. You know what I might do? I'm going to write a little thing. I'm going to write a little thing later on today about what chaps my ass. I'm doing that every Sunday. I've made a commitment to that. So go to Facebook later, and you can read about what chaps my ass. I'll see you guys next week.